with Bidashepatinjo. I am so excited, Vicky, today. She is a wealth of knowledge, and I'm super excited to see what she has to share with us all today. So I'm going to turn it right over to her, and she can take it from there. All right. Well, thank you so much for Christine for um, allowing me to be on your podcast. I'm really excited to sure. meet you a little more one-on-one -on -one here. And because mm -hmm. uh, I've been diving into some of your stuff on Facebook and I've been really excited to see some of your cooking. So um, I'm you. in awe. I'm in awe. I will tell you. <laughs> no, I Likewise, I've been watching your Instagram and everything is oh, great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, um, like uh, Christine said, my name is Vicki and I am a certified um, life coach, health coach, therapist. And um, so I do a lot of different things. And what started my journey was many years ago, I've, I've been a yo-yo dieter all my life. And uh, you too. <laughs> and um, the first time I remember ever dieting was when I was in the third grade. And um, I, I share this often because it's kind of strange about it. Because in the third grade, I was probably seven, eight, right? And my father was always dieting. Though my mom was very thin, she was never dieting, but my dad always was. And um, he had these cans of meal replacements in the fridge. And at that time, they were called Slender. It's been I quite a few that. years ago. Um, and now I guess they would be like NutriFast or something. I, I don't know. But SlimFast, that would be it. So anyway, I look in the refrigerator and he's got a bunch of those drinks in there. And I'm only in the third grade. So I read the instructions on the back of it. And it said that if you drink one of those in replacement of your meal, you would lose weight. So in my little child mind, I thought if you drink one and you lose weight, you drink two, you're going to lose more. You oh, drink no. three, it's going to be even better. So I drank three of them and they weren't that good either, to be honest with you. And um, I got in so much trouble for having drank these drinks of my dad. Um, and that was just the beginning of how things tired. And I would, you know, all the way up into, into high school, I remember the um the summer before I started the ninth grade or tenth grade, I went on this really crash diet over the summer and I lost a ton of weight. And so when I started back to school, it was like, oh my gosh, you look so good and you're so thin and all that stuff. Well, that was all right, but I did the same thing I always did. And I started eating my regular crap and then no time I was back heavy again yep, it's a cycle. did the same thing it was like a big thing in college you know they talk about the um the freshman 30 well mine was more than 30 um <laughs> and um interesting thing is a friend of mine and I were together and she was very heavy she was very obese I was heavy but not as much as she was and we were in the dining hall one day together and I remember that looking at her tray and thinking, oh, my gosh, no wonder she's so heavy. Look at all the stuff she's eating. And I looked at my tray and it looked the same. And I thought, holy shit, no wonder I'm uh -huh. putting all this weight back on. So I started crash dieting again, which was the same thing I'd always done. Um, and, you know, all the way into adulthood. And so I only got to a place, and I would like to say it was the first time I had someone around me pass away or whatever. No, I thought about it then and wanted to do it then, but it was like I still could not make myself stick with it. 
I can see. Yeah. So finally, I said, there's got to be an answer to this because this is ridiculous. I can't continue doing this over and over and over again. And that's when I decided, oh, some little ad thing for a health coach. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Maybe what I could do is I could just become a health coach. And if I become a health coach, I will help me. And then if I never help another person, if it helps me, it's well worth the money. So at the time, it was a lot of money for me to spend. Um, I spent it and it was a year long course. And I really started going deep into this. And the reason I chose this school, which is Health Coach Institute, if anybody's interested, um, is because their focus was not on just on nutrition or size. It was about habit change. And so I learned so much about creating different things, different habits in people and helping them release, release those habits, which was instrumental for me. And then after I finished that, I went on and got my life coaching. And then I did a mastery program with them where I dove even deeper into the, uh, the magic of habit change. And then I thought, well, I need to have one more punch because I could feel I had done all those things and I could feel myself starting to slip back. And luckily, I felt it pretty quick. And I didn't do a lot of damage because what usually happened was I would feel it a little bit and I think, well, I'll do it later. And by the time I really did something, I was 50 pounds over. Right. And at this point, I was 70 pounds over. And um, so or when I first started with um, the health coaching. And so I decided to do one more thing. And I had had this once many, many years before. And it helped me, but I didn't stick with it. I didn't right. continue trying to learn and everything. So I ended up getting five different certifications in hypnosis because, you know, each one's a different way of doing it and a different teacher that teaches you something new. And so it was like I was just grasping everything I could in order to help me. And then as I was doing that, I was able to help others. So um, I've actually been um, a, a coach working for about five years, but I will say I didn't really start an actual profession and not a hobby until just like a couple of years ago. <laughs> it, I was like, I well, kind of played with it, you know. You know, interestingly enough, I always say you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. So now that you have all that knowledge, now you can freely pour it upon your clients and really you are right there with them. Because I always feel like best coaches are the people that have gone through it. Like mm, you've, been in the, you've been in the trenches and you know what it takes to get there and you know how you can backslide. You know all the pitfalls. So I feel like that's the best kind of coach out there because then you can give your intimate knowledge of what because. And empathize. Can, yeah. Well, we can all have the book knowledge, but being able to implement it into life is sometimes the challenge. I would bet almost everybody knows how to lose weight. Oh, yeah. I but, did. But we know, <laughs> but we don't do it. So, right, you know, right. that's, that's the beauty of, of really learning the habits and things. So I would love to hear more about the hypno. I just think that's fascinating. Okay. Um. Well, the thing that's, um, I love about hypnosis is that no matter what your box are, but I, let me, let me back up. 
Hypnosis is not a, what a lot of people think it is. A lot of people have seen it on TV and seen all these things, and they think that somebody can hypnotize you, make you go rob a bank, right? Um, <laughs> make you cluck like a chicken if they say the word duck or something. I don't know. But I will say that some of that is true to a stunt, but it's because the people want to. Now, I'm going to give you two examples, okay? Because I've had two different types of hypnosis on, on me mm -hmm. that show a big, big difference. Okay. I am a lot of people can't don't realize it because I do get in front of the camera and I am a talker, but, I, <laughs> but I am one of those people that's kind of an introvert extrovert. There's times that I'm very comfortable just being an introvert. And other times I want to sit back and not be noticed. I want to just watch. Right. hundred well, percent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my family and I, we all went on a cruise and on this cruise, they had one of the um, um, stage hypnotists. And so he called, you know, out to the, the audience and everything. Anybody that wants to be panned and just come on up to the stage. So I decided I'm going to do it. And part of the reason was I've spent my whole life always filtering my voice. Didn't want to upset somebody. Didn't want to make somebody angry, you know, didn't want somebody to think I was stupid. Whatever it was, filtered my voice a lot. Right. And that so fear of judgment. Yes. Big. So I go up on the stage and there was uh, the stage was full of people that wanted to be part of the show. And so he did a, like this little hypnosis thing. And my stepfather was actually up there as well. Um, he didn't stay there like I did. But anyway. Um, he put us all under hypnosis and he told us that um, um, he was going to have us play a musical instrument and um, our favorite instrument for us to close our eyes. And so at least I heard music. Now, I don't know what was actually playing because I'm not sure. Um, and I heard this piano that was like, boom, 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 you know. So right. I'm up there and I'm playing. I mean, I'm jamming on this piano. Eyes are closed. And I kept feeling the person next to me who I thought was playing a violin because their arm kept touching me every now and then. Um, and then when he finally had us open our eyes, I remember the stage was full. I could not even tell you how many people were up there. When I opened my eyes, they were only like five. Interesting. Yeah. And the man beside me was not there anymore, but I could still feel his arm. It was weird. But anyway, uh, in the in hypnosis, what he did was he took us and he put us in, a, in chairs in a line. And then he had us all standing up and he was going from one person to the next. He was telling them something. And so as I was watching him do that, he would tell them, you know, um, you're not going to remember how old you are when I ask. And I think in my mind, well, that's stupid. They're going to know how old they are. You know, sure enough, they wouldn't know how old they were. And so he gets all the way. And he tells me, and like I, I was having this opinion about everything he was doing in my mind, but I was watching. Mm -hmm. um, and he told me, he said, I'm going to ask you your name and you'll tell me. He said, I'm going to ask you to spell it. And when I do, you won't remember how to spell your name. And I thought, well, that's stupid. That is going to happen to me. <laughs> so he asked me my name and I said, my name is Vicky. And he said, how do you spell that? And you know how when somebody, when you think about, writing something down sometimes you envision the, the 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 your name right you envision the the letters right well i saw the letters but they were all moving around and i couldn't figure out what went first so i couldn't do you know he said i wouldn't be able to and i couldn't right. so anyway that was the first and i thought this is weird 
Um, so I was cognitive of everything that was going on. And so he went through this place where he told me, you know, that the person sitting beside me smelled really bad and I could smell, they smelled really bad and I kept sitting away. And so he did a lot of those little trick things. Right. Um, and then obviously I was deeper in hypnosis than anybody else, obviously, because he used me for a lot of the stuff. And um, so at one point he asked, he had me standing up in front of everybody else. Everybody else was sitting in chairs. And he told me that um, different things that I was going to think and I was going to, and I was good with it. And he said, he said, in a minute, I'm going to have you. Um, he said, I want you to put your hands. And I did. And he said, so this is a gun. And what this gun does is it puts people to sleep. He said, so what I'm, we're going to do is I'm going to have you look at all the other participants on each, and one, one by one, you're going to shoot them with this gun and they're going to fall asleep. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. So I went to the first person, I pulled the trigger and they went poof, right to sleep. So I did it to every one of them. And I said, oh my gosh, I need one of these at home. I had young kids, you know? Right. And, and so he had me sit down and put myself to sleep. And he had told us that we would go sit down. And then if he said the name, something, I don't remember what it was, that we would rush the stage like he was a star and we would want to touch his shoes or his, or his cloak or something. And so I'm sitting out there. He says the name and I go running. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because the only reason that worked was because I wanted so bad to get outside of me and to be able to do stupid stuff and right. be somebody else's fault. If somebody said, I can't believe you did that. I'd say, well, I was under hypnosis, you know. Right, right. Um, and yeah, so it, that's the way it was. Well, then the other instance of when I had hypnosis, I was doing hypnosis for weight loss. And um, I, she put me under, and it wasn't the first episode that she put me under, or the first session. But on this session, she had said there was some things in my past that was causing me to want to self-soothe with food. And so we were going to confront these people, right, in my imagination. Right. And so she had me going down the stairs, and she had the people at the bottom of the stairs on the little landing um, that I could see them. And so she's counting me down, and I'm all good with it. We got about halfway down, and I said, stop. And she said, what? And I said, I don't want to go any further. And she said, well, you said you wanted to confront these people. You wanted to get this out of you. And I said, I'm not ready. And she said, if you're sure, and I said, I'm not ready. And she said, okay. And then she took me in a different path. So I was very much in control of, you know, whether or not I wanted to continue that because that was serious. That right. felt, you know, where the other one was fun. It got me out of my comfort zone. So I like telling those two stories because it shows they were both hypnosis, but they were very, very different. And so one allowed me to just let go and the other one allowed me to say nope not ready right and to so, work to work inside yeah so i think to me that's a really really important thing to share so people understand it's not just somebody's taken over your mind and right. then and right. then people who have never had hypnosis a lot of times they think you feel this tremendous difference and a lot of people just feel like they're sitting there with their eyes closed listening to you talk they don't even realize they're hypnotized it's you know it's not like you feel like you're floating away or 
you know, and then there's other times that you get so deep that your mind's wandering everywhere else and you're not even listening to the hypnotist. And then suddenly your mind will think, wait a minute, what did they just say? <laughs> did I hear that? And then, then you'll come back, but then you float away again. And that's when a lot of really wonderful change happens. You can get your conscious mind to be drifting off into no, no land, nowhere land. And then your subconscious is listening intently and saying, Ooh, that sounds like a good change. And we make change happen. I love it. Now tell me, do you do this online or do you do this in person or both? I, I do both. Um, right now, I primarily do most of it online. Even people that are local to me choose to do it on Zoom just so they don't have to drive and go somewhere. Right. right. Um, but um, I have had many people that came because I, I work out of my home. I have an odd home. And so I do have a space set up where I can do in-person hypnosis. But uh -huh. mostly it's um, it's remote and done on Zoom. How interesting. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've heard you talk about a mosaic life. Can you give me a little explanation of what you mean by that? Yes. I love the term mosaic life, and that's in my podcast. Mm -hmm. And what a mosaic life really is, is that, you know, when you look back on your life, there are some good things that have happened and some bad things that have happened. And everybody has that. Even if they have an amazing life, they've had things that weren't so good. And so what a mosaic life is taking all of those bits and pieces and putting them all together to make you who you are. And I like to refer to the, and I, I, I'm not always sure I say the name right, Kitsu. It's a Japanese art of pottery mm -hmm. where the pottery that gets cracked, they fill it with gold and it makes the pottery stronger and it makes it beautiful. And so they took something that was broken and made it amazing. And so I feel that's what we are as we travel through our life and we hit the bumps and the, the bruises and the bridges and the, the caves and whatever it is that we've had to go through, that it creates this wonderful space in us. And that's one of the things that my podcast is all about it's people's stories because i love a story where somebody says this is the most horrible thing that ever happened to me but today i think it was the biggest blessing i ever had right. and to me that's that's what a mosaic life is love that i love that that's really cool tell me a little bit more about the podcast okay well let's see i can't remember how many episodes i have now but i actually started it in the beginning because remember I said I've filtered my voice forever. Yeah. Um, it was to give myself a voice. And it's called Today's Dream, Tomorrow's Reality. And so in the beginning, it was just going to be about me talking about um, why we do the things we do. And because to me, it's important for people to understand that most of the things that we do in our life are from habits and from things that people have told us. And if you go through life that way, you're not really making your own decision, making, right. making your own life. And one of the things, if I don't know how much time we got, but one of the things <laughs> that I like to reference is um, there was a story I heard years ago, and it's about this woman who she's, um, it's, she's gotten married and it's her first big um, Thanksgiving dinner that she's going to be cooking. And so her mom comes over to help her. And the, and her mom's about to cut it in half. And she said, Mom, why do we always cut this ham in half? 
She said, well, you know, I'm really not sure. Let's ask grandma. And she talks to grandma and grandma says, well, I'm not really sure either. Let me go. Let me call my mom. And so she calls her mom and her mom says, well, to be honest with you, it's because when I got married, I didn't have a pot big enough to put the ham in. So I cut it in half. <laughs> and so for all these generations, they had been doing this thing because they thought it was the best way to cook the ham when it was actually only because the woman didn't have a pot big enough to cook it in. And so I think there are so many things in our life that we've adopted because that's what everybody else does or what somebody says without questioning it. So that was, you know, I wanted people to question things and, you know, look at the thing, the habits that they've got and what they're doing and maybe make different choices and different decisions. I love Joe Dispenza. And one of his books is Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And he has some amazing, amazing tools in there that I share with people, you know, a lot with my clients and all. And so, pardon? <laughs> I'm a habit junkie as well. Yes. I have all kind of habit books and habit research and everything. I love it. Yes, yes, me too. And so it to me, it's it was giving myself a voice and, you know, being able to just talk about these things that to me were important. And that's how it started. And right. then I was on one of my in one of my groups, you know, of a class that I had taken. And there was this woman that um, or this man that had put up a post and it was something about he had diabetes and he had had an amputation and he was living life to the fullest. And I thought, ooh, I want to talk to him. So I reached out to him and he was actually my first interview. Um, he's not the first one in my queue because things got messed up at one point. So now he's not the first one in there, but he was my first interview. And then after that, every time I would get into a group and I would see someone that I saw had something amazing to tell, I would reach out to them. And not everybody said yes, but the one we're supposed to be on my podcast did. And it always works out yeah, that way. Yeah, that's it, right. That's right. Happen, it's going to happen. <laughs> So that's how it all started. And so it I have had some such amazing stories of, that I've shared on my podcast. One of the ones that I think has gotten the most views of any of them I've done is um, is a woman who uh, Brianne Moore and she uh, had some horrific sexual abuse and human trafficking happening when she was really young. And she developed multiple personalities from it. And so she is, uh, I've viewed her more than, more, more, I think more than twice um, because she has such an amazing story to tell and share so that pe people realize, you know, if they're dealing with something like that, they're, they're not the only one, you know, and they can reach Absolutely. out to her. She helps women with fertility issues because she's womb, um, trauma as a lot of the time has a with women's infertility and you know so it's like oh my gosh and um i've had authors and i had a woman who um was a pe teacher and she ended up out riding her bicycle one day in the colorado mountains and how fit she was to ride right. her bicycle in the colorado <laughs> mountains uh, and she got hit by a car and was partially paralyzed. Oh my! And after that, she actually went back to school to be a nurse. So she became a nurse in a wheelchair when everybody told her she couldn't do it. Um, and she wrote a book. And so, I mean, there's so many of those stories that I've been able to share that, um, that. and and I've you know, and we're both in the do the thing 
group, right? Yes, we yes. are. Yes. And so Stacy was the reason I started my podcast and I had her in my podcast not too long ago. And one of the things I told her was that I hired a coach for my business, told me that I had to stop my podcast and focus on my, my business right. because it's not my business, you know, it's, right. This other thing is, and I told him, I said, well, that's not going to happen because I feel like this is my baby and my self-care. Yeah. And this, what it makes me happy. And if I never make a dime off of this thing, I love it. And I love having guests and I love being part of this. And I cannot imagine walking away. Well, and I like he said, can, okay. The two can work together. I mean, they're not mutually exclusive. Well, his, his whole thing was that he wanted me to be laser focused on one thing because he said and a lot of people say if you split your focus in too many places you do okay but if you focus it's kind of like the magnifying glass thing you know if you yes. put it on the on the paper it's going to catch um fire but if you just have the sun on the newspaper nothing happens and well, so i also feel that you have to fill your heart up too yeah but yeah. i don't think he understood how it was for me, you know, yeah. to him, yeah. it was, I uh, created a podcast. It was no big deal. And um, once I explained it to him, you know, that this is my self care, this is what brings me joy. And um, it enhances my business by giving me an outlet to just talk, you know? And so then he said, okay, I get it. <laughs> I also feel like when you listen to podcasts, you feel like you become friends with the host. Mm -hmm. Like you get to know them as a person and or and the people that they bring on. And so who better to work than somebody you feel like you connected with? Mm -hmm. Even if you're not podcasting about your business, they do get to know you. Right. And know what you do. So it kind of comes full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't pitch my business necessarily on my podcast. I share what I love and I yeah. love food. And I love fitness and I love all those things, pieces that come together. So really, it's just about a conversation. And I love I love the fact that we can get our voice out there because I'm, I'm like you. Stacy got me started. Um, I had been in a, in a podcast class. It was slow. Going, and I just would never get started otherwise. Um, but I, look, we would not have even met if we didn't get right. started. Right. So right. sometimes. It takes a good shove in the right direction. <laughs> right. Well, I know from my podcast, there's only a couple of people that I've had as guests that I knew who they were before I became a podcaster. Yeah. Nobody else. And almost everyone of I've had a few that were referred to me because I had somebody that was that had such a good experience. They said, Hey, my friend here needs to get on your podcast. Is that okay if I send them the information? Yes, you know. Um that, but a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them have come from me seeing their story and mm -hmm. saying you would be perfect um, for my podcast. But I wanted to touch on something really quick, if you don't mind. Absolutely. And it's how we, as coaches, we work together and we help one another. And I have a friend of mine that I've, he and I went to the health coaching school together and in contact and everything. And he's a cancer coach. He's a stage four cancer survivor. And so I reached out to him. Um, to have him on my podcast and then you know how it is how God and the universe work you know if you have something in front of you then suddenly certain things start happening for you to connect right and so 
I hadn't had him on my podcast, but maybe a week or so. And suddenly in one of my groups, there was a woman that was wanting prayer warrior for her brother who was terminal cancer and was told to get his shit together because he was he was out the door. Right. And so she wanted prayers. And so I just reached out to her and I said, hey, this name may not be anything you're interested in, but I've got this great friend that's a um, cancer survivor and he coaches. And I said, he was on my podcast. I'm going to send you the link to my podcast. Watch it. And if you're interested, then I can get you to connect it. And, you know, and you send things like that because I send them a lot. You know, if I see anybody that's a cancer thing, you know, I send his information. Some of them reach out, some don't. Well, she reached out. She said she'd watched it and that she wanted to get his information. So I connected them and I got a message from her just last week, I think it was. And she was telling me how much their life had changed since they had hired him. And her brother was on his deathbed. And now he's walking, he's up and about, and he's not healed by any means, but he's feeling good. He's, you know, it's, it's amazing. And she said, I just wanted to tell you once again, how grateful I am that you connected us. And, you know, and I've had him uh, as a guest again since then, because he's got such amazing stuff to share. And, um, and that's why I've been actually getting on my socials a little bit more lately, trying to get people to watch my podcast, because I feel like there are so many things there that people don't have the opportunity to listen to. Right. And I can't get these people's voices out unless there's enough people listening. So I'm really working on uh, doing whatever I need to do to create a little bit more visibility um, with I'll my share. podcast. I'll get Pardon? it out there. I'll share it. All right. Wonderful. Every time a new episode, let me know. All right. I will. I will. I've got, um, I'm going to be, I've recorded um, George's uh, podcast last week and I had some others that I had in the queue, you know, so I'll be working on his over the weekend and putting it out and I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah. I've had quite a few clients that have had breast cancer and then I have one really good friend who's um, dealing with stage four cancer now. He has a fantastic mindset, but you know, mm-hmm. who doesn't need help? Everybody needs help. So yeah. I think it's yeah. great to get that out there. And I, I feel like it's all about connections. You know, yeah. it may not benefit us now, but as a whole, it, it benefits everybody to get the right information out there. So right. it's super great that you can refer people. Yeah, I, 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 I love to do that. You know, if I know somebody that uh, that needs something and I know somebody that can help, even if it's not me, I'll I'll share the information. I'm the same. I'm the yeah. same. Because yeah. honestly, being part of being a heart-centered coach and, and having faith is knowing that what you give out, you get in return. And yeah. if I'm not the person to help somebody, I certainly don't mind if I help find them somebody who can. Right, right. I think it's, yeah. it's, however you can get them help is a, is a plus. Yes. So... Is there anything we've missed? Anything that you want to add in? Um, I mean, not that I want, not that I'm trying to wrap up or anything. I just, I mean, like yeah. sometimes things pop in and out of my head as we're talking. Yeah. Well, there's, there's almost two things, but they're kind of related as far as what the message is. So I'll just go ahead and share this one that is not quite as personal. I don't know why, but anyway, um, but it is kind of personal. I have, I had hired a business coach 
the same one that was about the podcast thing. And right. he, you know, he understood and um, he was amazing. Um, and so I had gotten a, um, a 90 day, yeah, a 90 day program from him. And we met three times a week on zoom and it was a group setting. And then we got so many one-on-one -on -one calls right. Um, right. with him. Right. And so into this, right at the beginning of the second week, I had my call with him, my personal call. And we had, um, he helped me so many different things set up on my socials, you know, and he was amazing with the information that he gave. And he's kind of like one of those people that fills in the gaps. So I tell a story a lot about, and I know this sounds like a roundabout, but anyway, I tell this story a lot. And I had moved into my house and my lawnmower wouldn't work. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. So I went and found out that it was the spark plug, but then I couldn't find the spark plug on the lawnmower. So I Googled that and somebody showed pull the, the spark plug where it was in this little case. And then he shows it in his hand, but he didn't show me how to get it out and into the hand. Right. So I went and looked at, I couldn't figure it out. So I went and looked at a whole bunch of videos and every one of those men showed that's where it's at. This is what it is. Make sure you get the right number. Well, I couldn't get it out. So right. I ended up going to a neighbor and he said, you need a special tool. I had to go to Home Depot and get it and use the tool to get it out and then take care of it. Right. And not one video filled in that gap. So did you and make it would have been so simple to show there's this tool right here. Find this tool. If you don't have it, go to Home Depot and get it and then show how to get the damn thing out. Right. I would have been wham, bam, 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 got it done. But it took me hours of research and help and everything. Okay. So this coach, to me, he was the person that I knew this much and this much, and I didn't know the in-between. And he was showing me, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Well, we were supposed to talk on, I talked to him on Wednesday and we were supposed to have a meeting on Thursday and he ended up he was moving across country so he canceled the meeting on Thursday then we were supposed to meet on Saturday and he messaged us and he said I'm so sorry he said I'm still not available to get onto the zoom so I'll make it up to you guys I promise okay well Tuesday came around we were supposed to be meeting again and we jumped into our he would put the link into our little group Portal, right. right our little right. group chat and he wasn't showing up and hmm. so I just told him I said you know I said he's probably still in the process of moving I'm going to send everybody a zoom let's get on the zoom we'll carry on we'll do all of our stuff I'll record it and we'll give him the recording and he can critique and tell us what else we need to do I like okay. that so that's what we did that late that afternoon we got all got notified that he had died what mm-hmm he died. Oh my gosh. And it was like, I mean, we were all just like flabbergasted. No, and I don't really want to get into what it yeah, is. No, that's okay. Um, I mean, yeah, but it was a sudden thing and um, nobody was expecting. So it was, uh, uh, I mean, I was just blown away. And and now I've still got the use of the portal. I paid for his education, right? right. So I've, until the end of the year, I guess it's paid up till the end of the year. And so I get on there and every one of the videos he ends it with, 
Now, you know, if you have any problems implementing this, I'm just a phone call away. I'll be right there. And he was, every time I needed him, I would message him and he would be pop right on there. We'd get on a Zoom, whatever. Right. And so it's like, we make all of these broad statements of, you know, I'll be there tomorrow. We'll do that next week. You know, I can't do it right now because I'm busy. So let's schedule something for next month. And, and we do have. that all the time. And we're not promised tomorrow. Right. And I think it's really important not to be morbid or anything, but to really embrace the fact that we don't know when our time is ending. Yeah. And the other story I was going to share, I'll just touch on it just a bit because it's this almost this it's it's a death. <laughs> it's why. Um, but my my husband um had a heart attack and passed away at 43. I'm sorry. A massive heart attack. And at the time I had a 16 year old son and a seven year old daughter. And wow. one of the hardest things I ever had to do in my life was to tell my seven year old daughter that her father had died. Right. And dealing with all the things that came with that. But I had talked to him, you know, in the morning and was gone. And they called me and said, attack, which it was the second one. And he's had a heart attack. And I go to the hospital and the doctor comes in and she just says, I'm sorry to tell you, you died. And it was like, and then things really hit me a little. It was a little different because it was my children's father right. that had passed away. But the feeling was the same as far as. We don't know how much time we have. Say, I love you when you want to say, I love you. Say, I want to see you today. Say whatever it is. Say it. And also, I think, too, you know, so many people are after the perfect body, the perfect life, the perfect everything. We have to realize we have all that within us. It's okay to be slightly imperfect. You know? We're all after that. But just to enjoy every single day, it's such a gift. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry that happened to you. You know, my husband's father passed away when he was three, sudden heart attack as well. His brother, older brother was seven and his oldest brother was 10. Um, and it's just, um, it's, it's devastating. It, it never feels. My mm -hmm. daughter is now, she was seven when he passed and she is 29. And she still has moments that she can't talk about it. You know, my husband, but, I mean, he's three and he, he still remembers the funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my daughter wouldn't go. She wouldn't go to the funeral. That's understandable. Yeah. But back to what you were just saying about we're trying to get the perfect body and everything. And I'll just share before my husband passed away from this heart attack and before he had his first heart attack, he was I was always heavy while we were married and it drove him crazy. And he picked at me about my weight all the time, all the time, not to say anything bad about him, but he was vicious with it sometimes. Get it. And, and he would say, well, it's not because I don't like you as you are, but I want you to be healthy. Right. That's what he would say. So exactly. father said to me, <laughs> yeah. So we, um, at this one point we were living in a little small town and we had one of those little hometown doctors and so we both in, went in separately and got our blood work done, but we met with the doctor jointly together. Mm -hmm. And the doctor, and I was 75 pounds overweight at the time, 
and maybe just a little bit less. I can't remember. But the doctor looked at me and he said, well, he said, we got all your blood work back. And he said, and you're great. And then he turned and looked at my husband who didn't need to lose anything. If anything, he could, he could have lost three to five pounds, you know. Right. And he said, and you, on the other hand, you need some work. He had high cholesterol, high triglycerides, low LDL. I mean, it was all the things that he needed. He didn't. And all the things he didn't need to have high were high. Yeah. And so he put him on a regimen and everything. And then he ended up having one heart attack. And then three years later, he had a second one that, that killed him. And so I was really heavy and he kept worried about my health, but I was healthy and he right. wasn't. And so I tell my clients all the time, the, the goal is not to have the skinniest casket in the cemetery. It's to be as healthy as you can right now. And granted, I don't want to be 75 pounds overweight because I know that now that the longer you are at that weight, the more taxing it is on your body and the more right. likely you are to have things show up. Yes. But it's, it's never a thing, never a goal of I need to be this size because right. once you get to that size, there's no goal left and you just revert back to all your old behaviors and gain that and more. Right. Um, and there are people that are really thin that have a horrible body image. They don't right. see themselves okay. as perfect. We may, but they don't. And Absolutely. so it's learning to um, not only eat healthy, but to see your body as this amazing vessel that it is, Absolutely. this God-given thing that if you can open your friggin' eyes and you can hear, you can see, you can move, you can breathe. All of those things are such a gift that I think a lot of times we get so bogged down, like you said, into what this external stuff is that we don't embrace the, uh, the magic of what we have. I agree. I, in fact, I always tell my clients, look, our job is to make you the healthiest 90-year-old, the healthiest 100-year-old you could possibly be with good mobility, good, good movement, good, you know, good overall health, energy, all of that. It isn't about today necessarily. It's in the future. We're looking to be our best self for as long as we can. Right. And I think if you get that focus off of, you know, I, I need it right now, mm -hmm. it's a lot of pressure off, but it also gives you a lot more happiness with where you're at. Yes, yes. I actually have a client right now that um, I'm working with that um, she's, I, this is not the first time I've worked with her. The first time I worked with her, she ended up, she didn't lose the weight she wanted to lose, but she lost some other stuff that was not serving her life. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, so then we got together again and her whole thing had changed because her father had passed away from diabetes after two amputations and she was pre-diabetic. Pre and it was like, you know, you know how we have to do, we have to keep talking to them. Why, what do you, why do you want this? Want this? What's going on? Why do you want this? Till they finally get to the place where they're crying and they know what, the, what it is. Right. Well, she finally got to the place where the only reason she wanted to do this wasn't so that she could get into these pants or into this top or somebody would admire her. It was because she were going to live. Right. And, and when she got to that place, now, I mean, she is going gangbusters with everything I tell her to do. She does it. And she is just blowing her mind, her own mind, how capable she is of making decisions for her health. And 
that's the only thing I want for everybody I work with is for them to make a decision of what they want and let me help them make it happen. And like you said, it doesn't happen overnight. Right. And but if you have your your vision on this end goal, this is where I want to be and you can make peace with where you're at. That's the trick. Yep. Then we can help you bridge that gap, kind of like it was getting the tool to take the thing out of the lawnmower, right? Let's go back to that for a second. I think you need to make a video for all us ladies <laughs> on how you actually do it. Since the guys messed it up, you need a video for the ladies. I'm well, gonna tell you something. I I actually rented a car and I could not figure out how to open the gas tank. Like I was 10 minutes at the gas station, popping the thing, looking for the button. So I had to go on YouTube University and look. Thankfully, somebody had posted it. I guess it's a, it was an odd thing. It was like in the glove box. Or something. It was some weird place. I'm like, who would think to learn? Look there. Yeah. It worked. I found out. And so I'm endlessly thankful for those people that take the time to bridge that gap because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am not mechanical at all. So the people that do the videos that show you like, oh, you know, copy this, paste that. That's me. Yeah. That's fine. Well, I had an incident one time that was years ago as I went to go get in my in my car and I had the remote and the remote wasn't working. <laughs> well, so there was no way I could get in my car. None. And I thought, what the heck? And then how am I going to get it to crank? You yep. know? And yep. so I thought about it and I thought about it and I said, there has to be a way. This cannot be the only thing. People don't just abandon vehicles because the remote <laughs> quit working, you know? So I went on, I, at the time I didn't do Google. I went on Facebook on my friends list and I said, hey, this is what happened. This is what my remote looks like. I've got a Jeep Grand Cherokee, you know, what do I do? And one of my friends, actually somebody from high school popped up and said, there's a way for you to open it up and it has a little key exactly. in there mm -hmm. and um, you can open the door and you can crank the car. What the heck, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even have a, it had a place for the remote to sit, yep. but not no key. I thought, how is that possible? But that's the only way I got to work that day. And I was just <laughs> blown away. You know, it's something that people don't tell you. <laughs> I have a Mazda. This is so funny. I have a Mazda. I think it's a CRX or whatever it is. I don't know. I always forget the name. But for six months, the, the automatic trunk would not open. I can't open it. I couldn't do it manually. I couldn't, I couldn't get it to open. So YouTube University, one night someone posted a video of the three steps that you had to take. They were so non-intuitive that I would have never got it. But my son did it, and boom, thing has opened ever since. <laughs> like really, for six months, I didn't have this thing working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's interesting. And I will say, after that happened with the lawnmower, I was gonna go make a video, what? and I thought, where's my <laughs> best use of my time? Is it making that or going ahead and doing the damn grass? So I went ahead and cut the grass. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that that may be so, but just think, you know, at the end of your days, there could be somebody watching your video after you're gone, long gone saying, oh, I'm so thankful this person showed me how to do That's this. That's true. Maybe I need to go ahead and do another one. Do one. I, I think, you know, someday when I'm gone, my kids are going to see me on the YouTube and be like, oh, there's my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's, just, it's a crazy thing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm it is amazing. When you can run into someone who can help you, especially like business or personal wise, not just a lawnmower, you know, 
and how to figure out the in-between. Let me tell you, you know? I have been a part of 18-month mastermind and it saved me bazillions of hours of time. Sometimes investing yourself is the best way to move forward. It's quickly. always the best yes, way. It is the best. I mean, you have to find a right person, but once mm -hmm. you find that right person, the, it exponentially moves you along. I mean, it's so much faster and do it the right way and the healthy way. And the, I mean, I can't say enough how important it is to find that person that's going to help you in your journey. Mm -hmm. And especially somebody like you who has so much knowledge and different ways to accomplish that. I think I just, I'm in awe of all your capabilities. I think it's awesome. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're <laughs> welcome. You know, I just, I really love, I love to see the unique abilities of different coaches. And it's so, I just think it's great. All that you do. It's fabulous. And I'm so glad you came on with me today. I love oh, all your Thank you. Stories. I'm so glad you had me. It's been fun. I've enjoyed yeah. it. I went fast. I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> Has it been an hour already? I know. I don't know. I could talk, I could talk forever. I'm a too. <laughs> so, but it has been awesome to have you and I'd love to have you again too. So we oh yes, definitely we'll catch up and maybe in six months or so we'll see how they win. That sounds good. And I think you're going to try to be on my podcast next though. I surely will. Yes. yes. So <laughs> this way we keep, we keep telling each other. Keep That's right. Forward. That's right. Maybe we'll have to, I, I will say George is the cancer coach. Um, when I had him on, we were talking about maybe creating some kind of mastermind where several of us coaches could get in together and help lift each other up and fill in that. the gaps for one another and, you know, just give us a, a different uh, um, mountain climb, I guess. Well, I feel like, you know, coaches, because we, we give so much energy out, a lot of times you can feel like you're in an island. You're so busy chatting with everybody and making sure they're on the right thing that sometimes you, you feel like you're all alone in the whole coaching world. So it's always good to have that connection with other coaches. It makes us stronger, better coaches. So yes, definitely. love to do that anytime. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know when he and I get it all together. I like it. All right, my friend. Well, thank you again. And if you would, so that our listeners can get in contact with you, just drop me a little note with your links and anything that you'd want to do. Because I know you have books and you have um, Instagram and Facebook and all of those things. And also real quick, I have, um, because I don't know when you're going to be getting this up, but I have a master class. Um, do what? I'm quick girl. <laughs> okay. Me too. Me too. Cause I don't edit. No, I don't edit either. <laughs> but I have a master class that I'm going to be teaching. It's called sweet deception and it is Monday, October 30th at 7 PM Eastern. Okay. Um, it's on Eventbrite, So I can give you the link. That's definitely um, link. I'll pop it in show notes. Yeah. And it's all about sugar, the food industry, about the polarity wow. of food, why we have cravings and all these different things. And so it's going to be amazing. So I'm so looking forward to it. And there's not a lot of seats left available. So Hopefully you get it up there. The last seats will be taken and it'll I'll be full. I'll make sure we get that out there. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm equally disturbed by the food industry and the, and the amount of sugar that we have in everything. So yeah. um, I think that's the, a great benefit to many people. Yes, definitely. All right, my friends, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, look for the show notes. You will find all the information about Vicki and all the things that we've talked about. Vicki, thanks again. Thank you. I'm going to stop recording. And I will get that converted and I'll probably get that up tomorrow. Okay. Um, sometimes it takes me a little time because I go through the script and then I download it and I have all these little things I do with it. So um, I'll try and get that up as quickly as possible. Okay. 
And so you want me to stick in an email or Facebook or where? wherever you want to do it, I'll grab it. Okay. But if you have any kind of contact information that you want me to share, just okay. give it all to me. I'll just okay. All right. I usually, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I usually go through Descript and I d download the transcript. And then I go 